Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. If you're listening today in America, it's tomorrow in Australia, which is where we're going today for our first show of the year, year 12. 12 years doing the Power Performance Podcast. Wow, it is hard to believe, but here we are kicking off 2022, and it's just great to meet people on LinkedIn that are actually doing things, not just talking about things. And since it's very difficult to get any real credit union leaders to talk about things that we don't always agree about, we're going to have to go 9,000 miles around and under the globe to find someone who is willing to talk about them. I've got to tell you, some of the best relationships I've made through social media and have had people on the show that have made great guests are not people who universally agree with things that I Say, and David Jordan is a great example of this. He is the CEO of Interrupters. He does a lot of stuff. I've got his website right there in the episode description. I encourage you to find him on LinkedIn and follow the stuff that he's doing. Very, very sharp guy. I had a chance to talk to him off the air a couple of times, and I said, man, this would be such a great conversation. And just so you know, after after we did the setup for the for this particular episode, we thought, you know what, this, the stuff that he's into would make a great podcast series on its own, standalone series. And so today you're going to hear kind of an introduction uh, to him and some of the things that he likes to talk about. But we're going to talk about getting him on as like a regular podcast series. Very interesting. And it's always good to get an outside view on banking because, you know, I went to Australia in 1987, when I was in the Army, I went to Townsville, Australia, North Queensland, and I mean, I took everything I needed with me. I had cash. I had a checkbook, even though I wasn't sure if they were going to take a check. There was no real global internet banking option to speak of. You know, it was you went down there, you exchanged your money, and, and you just, they, they said go. We had a week of fun and two weeks of very difficult training up in the jungle in Tully, and then a final week of fun and frivolity there in Her Majesty's Australia. Beautiful country, great relationship between the United States and Australia stemming from the fact that when the Americans won the Battle of Guadalcanal in World War II, it prevented Australia from being invaded by the Japanese who were on a real roll up until the Battle of Midway in 1942. But of course, this is not a show about American military history. It's a show about what are you doing to leave your audience wanting more? Because back in 1987, all I had was cash and a, and a little ATM card for the Ford Ord Federal Credit Union, which was not going to work at the ATM machines in North Queensland. That is not the world we live in anymore. And David has got his finger on the pulse of a lot of things happening. You know, it's, as an American, I do believe America is the greatest country on earth, but I'm also aware as a historian and in recent banking history, the United States has been behind when it comes to things like the chip card and some very interesting payment systems. Well, if, if you're not good at world geography, you'll notice that there's a huge part of the world, Malaysia, Indonesia, just to the north of Australia. Australia is a huge country. It's so huge. It's its own continent. But Malaysia and Indonesia, you're going to hear David talk about something called Grab. Now, 
Don't lose it. Don't get excited. If you're some angry women's studies professor, I'm not talking about the kind of grab that goes on after the, you know, six hours at the open bar by old Uncle Scratch and Sniff at the GAC. No, this is an app that has basically taken Uber to the next level, level, and the next level. It's, it's not just delivering things. It is the banking app. And it's very interesting because many, many years ago on this show, we had a young lady on who talked about something that had happened in South Africa. Because there was such a copper shortage, South Africa basically skipped the cable modem and went straight from dial-up to Wi-Fi. And so David is seeing some of those types of trends in Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Indonesia, and these are the things that banks and community banks and credit unions need to be thinking about. Your competition is not just one another. There are new ideas and new things happening all the time, and they're all trying to take your audience away from you. And so if you don't want to let that happen, you want to listen to what David has to say, and we're going to go down under to Australia, and we're going to do it all right after this. For 12 years, conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner and without the expense report. This is the Power of Performance Podcast. Ah, yes. His name is David Jordan. Hey, David. How are you? Welcome to the show. Not too bad. Hey, how are things going in the States, eh? We are doing great. Excited to have you. I started by asking David, you know, it's one thing to live in America, and it's easy to get sort of focused only on things that are happening in the United States. But what are some of the big trends that are happening around the world that perhaps banking professionals in the United States are not paying enough attention to? Yeah, I think the, the interesting one, uh, I, I've been working a lot in uh, countries all around the world and, and, and also in, in India and Southeast Asia. And one of the things that I think is changing the world is uh, trying to solve a lot of problems around uh, financial exclusion. And when you think of places like Southeast Asia, where 80% of people haven't had a, don't own a bank account and they don't have credit cards or debit cards, um, it's created a whole new world where banking is being pushed onto mobile phones and, and a whole different way of doing things that uh, is probably leapfrogged what we do in the Western world, so not even just in the United States, but in Australia, UK, Canada, etc., uh, where we have built this legacy of, of debit cards and credit cards and ATMs, and none of this is operating in Southeast Asia. So, you know, I, I was working in Singapore and basically with using a card to tap into, to walk into shopping centres with tracing um, the the use of uh, of uh, Uber that's now in in, Aust- in the United sorry in Southeast Asia has been replaced with a company like Grab. David used such an interesting word there. You talk about leapfrogging, and that's what I'm talking about. There are people, cause especially in places like Indonesia and other parts of the world where people, you know, we take for granted. We have a bank account. We've got a debit card in our pocket. This doesn't exist everywhere around the world, and they're finding some very clever ways to provide banking services on top of other services like Grab, a delivery service that can also act as your primary bank account. Very interesting. I asked him about that part of the world. 
Yeah, so, so look, uh, you know, in, 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 in places like Indonesia and Malaysia, huge populations. Um, but having to deal with millions of people, where they millions of people, right? Yeah, they sure are. Uh, about 200 million people in in, in Indonesia yeah. alone. Big population, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And they spread over lots of islands, uh, lots of villages. They they run micro businesses, and, and they're creating a whole different way of doing things. Uh, and, and this is where companies like Grab and Gotik uh, have started growing up. So when you think of, uh, sorry, of Uber in, in the United States, you're thinking of a, a car. That's what Grab and GoTik is, is about being a pillion passenger on a motorbike. So you, you're dealing with right. very different sort of uh, uh, environments. And what's what to happen is that uh, because 80% of people don't have a bank account in those countries, how does Uber work? Well, you, you have a debit card or a credit card that you apply, and that doesn't work if you don't have a bank account. So Grab and had to set up a digital bank account. So you would walk into a, a micro business, give them cash, and they were converted into a digital currency right. on, the, yeah. on the Grab's digital app. Yeah, so Grab made it possible for, for these people now to have a, a bank account, so a digital bank account, right, yeah. but not the traditional bank account. And what's happened now is Grab has now got 8 million customers in nine countries. Oh, wow, that's a lot of and people, It's a digital yeah. bank. That's big. In six, yeah. but it was, became a digital bank in six years. It went by kind of fast, but in six years they have eight million customers. One of the largest credit unions here, where I live, Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union, just celebrated their one millionth member owner, and it's taken 40 or 50 years. And they are a great, dynamic, multifaceted banking brand, Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union. But eight million customers in six years is. Phenomenal. I'm not great with fractions, but even I know that's more than 1 million new customers every year. As I mentioned, as I got talking to David, I realized he had a lot of passion about some things, and we decided, you know what, let's do a shorter interview to kick off the year and then offline plan on maybe a special limited run podcast series with David. And I asked him, what kind of stuff would you want to talk about on a podcast like that, stuff that maybe doesn't get enough attention here in the Western world? Yes, I think there's some really interesting things where, um, you know, as you start moving into Web 3.0 and cryptocurrencies, how we start taking yeah, advantage of time. maybe what's yeah. been happening in developing nations, it, it creates a whole lot of new marketing opportunities for credit unions, community banking uh, in the United States. Well, one of the questions I was really looking forward to asking, David, is as you look at the credit union and the community banking marketplace, because he has offices here in the United States, I asked him, what do community banking brands in the United States, what are they doing well, and what can they or what do they need to do better? Yeah, I think uh, uh, there's quite a good system in the United States in, in uh, the shared services, the credit union services organizations. Um, the ability to buy loans and distribute um, uh, risk, um, that's, that's quite strong. Um, I think the areas that, that's going to be a, a challenge, uh, especially after COVID, is trying to solve problems like uh, credit reporting, which is starting to really not work anymore, and, and especially for a market that the credit unions often um, focus on. Um, the other areas I think that's that's growing is the requirements to, to try and shift away from just looking at 
getting loans and then getting deposits and then making sure you've got enough capital to start moving towards capital optimization and, and really think about you know, your portfolio and how does it maximize return for capital. Um, it's still about servicing a customer, but uh, sometimes it's better to maybe get a, um, a small business loan rather than a personal loan or a, a home loan versus a business loan in the right structure to, to actually make sure that you've got more capital to actually service more customers. At the moment, we uh, uh, we have a problem in Australia is probably that, there's, that, that, that a lot of the credit unions have moved to almost 90% home loans. Um, that leaves right, them right. highly exposed to uh, housing market correction. Well, of course, that housing market is always up and down anywhere in the world. I've kind of wondered about that. Credit unions do so many auto loans that we have this issue now with the shortage of automobiles. I'm wondering how that's going to impact the loan portfolios of all banking brands. All banking brands do a lot of auto loans. Well, I've been thinking about you know doing the show for now for 12 years. At some point, you think, okay, when is this going to end. Well, I'll tell you, it's going to end when I stop getting surprised by all the great, charming people out there in the banking marketplace and understanding that I'm not one of them. But when I meet people like David and just get this interesting viewpoint and have a chance to, to have a conversation with a very charming and informed gentleman, it just makes me want to keep doing the podcast as long as I have a voice and the ability and an audience that wants to listen to it. And I thank David so much for joining us on the Power of Performance podcast. Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Have, have a great. good evening. And as I mentioned, I'm looking forward to working with David on maybe a limited run podcast series or an ongoing show. Just so very well informed in a, a completely global perspective. He has offices both in Australia, New South Wales, and here in the United States. I think he mentioned off the air that he'll be coming up to the GAC. I don't know if they're going to do that event in person or not yet. I'm kind of wondering about that. I think I hope it goes off live. I, I'm still a big proponent of live events, you know, with the proper precautions and things like that. But anyway, I just, you know, there was something on his website that jumped out at me, David's website, and, and it says, delivering improved risk, regulation, and results. Now, that, I became a fan immediately because we don't talk about results enough, especially in the credit union marketplace. There's far too much time given to intentions. Intentions are worthless. And I can prove it. Uh, if you're listening to this show at a credit union, just walk on down to your collections department and ask them, okay, we've got somebody that's 180 days late on their auto loan, but they intended to make that loan payment when they took out the loan. What are those intentions worth? now as you look at possibly having to repossess that vehicle. And of course, you're going to lose money on it because you've been servicing the loan and now you're going to get a car that's depreciated. Anyway, David talks about results. He talks about emerging trends in parts of the world that we never really talk about. And yet, I think, as, as you heard him talk about that, uh, grab you know, this little business that started six years ago and now has 8 million customers. Granted, it's a completely different demographic. It's a completely different part of the world, the way Indonesia is structured with those tiny little islands everywhere. But how, however, 
These kind of ideas make their way to the biggest marketplaces on earth, the United States among them. On a personal note, I've got to tell you, like I said, I went to, I went to Australia when I was in the Army in 1987 and absolutely love Australia. was treated so well by the Australian people when I was down there, and it, is, it was a trip and a deployment that I will never ever forget. You know, I was at the pinnacle of my youth. I was a hardcore American infantry soldier, and I walked around North Queensland like I owned the place, and we had a great time with our Australian host. And so I think I will celebrate David's appearance on the show, and about, you know, an hour from now, I'll be face down in a, a bowl of nacho chips with a couple of foster loggers uh, in my cold grip there here in the studio. No, not really. But again, thank you so much, David Jordan for joining us on the show and thank you for listening to the power performance podcast the show that asked the question if your brand were a band would you leave the audience wanting more my name is jason dies and until next we speak we'll talk to you all next week take care <laughs>